Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Put something out. That that way I won't be tempted to uh, drop mine and make you mad. All right, perfect. Uh, welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Football Happy Hour podcast. I am your host, Ricky Valero. On today's episode, we're going to kind of go back onto the trend that we had last week in which that we uh, covered some of the latest news in the world of the NFL. And then we're going to follow it up with the rest of our NFC power rankings, eight through one. With that being said, as always, I'm joined by my friend here, Matthew Fox. How are you? I'm doing all right. A little bit of a back injury this week. So that's put a crimp in my style, but it is a Jurassic World week. So that always lifts my spirits. I'm sorry. It shouldn't lift your spirits because the movie is a steaming pile of dog shit, but you loved it. So I'm happy for you because I'm happy for you because I'm your friend. And I, and I like to be a good friend because I know you've had a rough week, rough couple weeks even. So I'm glad you like it. And um, you're, you're, I mean, I used to, I used to consider you a very smart man. Now I'm like on the fence, but it's okay. I love you still. Nonetheless, we don't always like the same things and that's okay. But with that being said, Let's go ahead and start off with a couple of the big news of the week. Um, the continuization of the Rams um, being the mob of the NFL. Um, they, you know, they printing paper that doesn't exist in the world um, and signed Aaron Donald and Cooper Cup to contract extensions, much like last week when you and I were talking on the podcast. No surprise. We talk about it. It's news. And then out of nowhere, here we are talking about Aaron Donald really wasn't going anywhere. He probably just made it public just so he can get a little bit of a push on the contract. He got it. Um, Cup signs the extension as well. Good for these guys. Good, good for them getting paid. Uh, whatever. You know what I mean? What do you think, Fox? Well, there's a lot of people that say the salary cap isn't real and it's deals like these that, you know, supposedly the Rams are a cap strapped team and somehow Aaron Donald now the highest paid non quarterback in the league and Cooper Cup with a massive deal. It makes sense. They're trying to keep the core together for a run. Their window is probably the next couple of years with Matthew Stafford. So I think that makes sense. Um, you know, Sean McVay has talked about not wanting to do this forever either. I think they're going all in on on the next two to three years. Uh, that's especially true when you look at all the draft picks they trade away. Yeah, what is the Rams have Rams like they're like, why do we have they I will say this, they do pretty good late in the draft. You know what I mean? They do they have mm-hmm. hit on some guys late in the draft. So it's kind of crazy to see that they are pretty solid at that. Um, other news of the week that I'm gonna touch on just real quick and then we'll go back uh, over full um par- apparently Saquon Barkley found his swagger. I don't know where it was. I don't know where he found it. I don't know if it was like a where's Waldo moment where like he went on the hunt to find it, but apparently it was found. Um, I'm very happy for him that they found it. I don't know who, what, when, where, or how, but excited for him. Lamar Jackson's reporting to camp. I just want to say this about the contract situation with the Ravens and Lamar. Um, first off, they should pay him. Let's just go ahead and get that out of the way. Um, you're, you know, I think he is one of the better quarterbacks in all of football. Um, but if they remember the last time they had a situation like this, it was 
when they battled with Joe Flacco, didn't pay Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco won a Super Bowl, and then they ended up having to overpay Joe Flacco, um, which was quite an interesting thing. And then, of course, Sammy Watkins. He's going to have the career best year. I'm just kidding. I don't really know. There was just Sammy Watkins chatter, and I thought it was funny. Fox, what are your thoughts on these scenarios? Yeah, I don't know how I feel about Saquon Barkley. His... You know, even if he has swagger, can he keep himself from getting hurt, which has plagued him? But more importantly, is he also blocking for the Giants? Because the Giants have not had a very good system. My other concern a little bit with the Giants offense in general is I like Brian Dable. Um, I thought it was a good hire. He's had a fun offense in Buffalo, but I wouldn't characterize it as particularly run heavy. Um, and I don't know what that means for Saquon Barkley. He's going into a contract year. It doesn't feel like they're tracking the energy toward giving him a big deal, which is what a lot of his cohorts have received. So we don't even know where he's going to be next year. He really needs to prove something this year. He had a phenomenal rookie year. And between that and the hype he had coming into the league, I think that's covered over a multitude of sins the last three years. So I'll be curious to see how he does this year. Uh, the Lamar situation, I imagine a deal gets done. I still think it's weird he doesn't have an agent. I wonder if that's what makes it a little more uh, complicated because I'm guessing these teams have a way that they're used to working in a back and forth. And I don't know if that's the same with a player as it would be with, you know, kind of an agent whose job it is to do that. Sammy Watkins share, not really buying it at all. There was another report uh, like a day later that said he's not even a lock to make the roster. The Green Bay Packers are pretty close to having the worst receiving core in the NFC, if not the entire NFL. It's pretty rough. I mean, um, let's just, I mean, let's just, I'm going to do the fastest quick rundown of teams with receivers in the, in the NFC real quick. Cause I have the teams listed. They're not better than the Seahawks. Obviously they're not better than the Panthers. Um, the Giants, no. The Falcons, maybe we get a push there, but at least they have. Yeah, I'd say maybe. Actually, I have the Falcons higher because I think Drake London is a better prospect than anything that the Packers have. Um, Chicago Bears, well, they like they might be tied there. They're better than the Chicago Bears. That's in when I did my NFC wide receiver power rankings. That was the only team they were better than is Chicago. And as I'm looking at AFC, they, I think the only two teams I might have them above is Chicago and uh, New England. Yeah, it's, it's, there's not many guys in this roster that I'm seriously like, holy cow, like this is unbelievable. Um, like it's just, it's rough looking all the way up and down. So um, with that being said, um, what are your thoughts on Lamar? I know the Lamar situation, like I know you talked about it, but do you have any questions or concerns about the potential of these of this team really um, screwing the pooch here? Well, the problem for everyone now that has to deal with a quarterback situation is that Deshaun Watson deal. Um, we won't talk about him as a player, but the fact that any team gave a quarterback who hadn't really won or proven anything $230 million guaranteed sort of reset the market. I think you're seeing that problem with Arizona as they're looking to get a deal done with Kyler Murray. Um, we're really seeing, you know, Russell Wilson has started extension talks with Denver and I've seen some things where he wants five years, 250 million guaranteed. I'm sure Lamar Jackson is looking out there and wanting something too. And the state of 
quarterback position is such that if you have a guy that's good enough for you to be to win and be competitive you probably need to hold on to him because we saw this year you can't solve everything in the draft you can't solve everything by you know not everybody can go out there and get a Matthew Stafford and get to the Super Bowl Brady's close to retiring I mean there's going to be a lot of maybe you know He's close to retiring. We won't put that on him. I think they need to get a deal done with Lamar. It's what our teams, how are teams going to respond? I think everyone's now playing a game of chicken, waiting to see who the next deal is going to be after Deshaun Watson to figure out what, how the market can reset because that, you know, however you feel about the player, the deal itself really put these teams in a bad position. Yeah, the Browns really screwed the pooch um, in multitude of ways, uh, if you look at it. Um, uh, and obviously, we, we kind of went a little bit in death in Watson. And it's crazy that we talked about this situation last week, and it's only gotten worse again this week. And it's like we're pushing closer. We're now into June. Um, and as more things come so out. One thing I wonder how this will impact contracts i didn't realize they made it sound like it was 230 million guaranteed no matter what i mean he could have go out there and serial kill some people and he'd be fine reports started to come out this week that they actually wrote a like poison pill clause in there and they yeah. could get out of it for zero money this off season if that ends up getting voided do we see more of these con quarterback contract deals getting done as like hey this was an outlier it didn't work they got out of it already I'll give you this deal. This is more realistic. The NF there. I don't think, okay. So I'm going to try to phrase this without like sounding like an evil, despicable person, but nobody is rooting harder for the Browns failure contract slash them cutting Watson than the other 31 NFL teams, because that contract, if let's just say hypothetically, they, they get stuck with it or, or something happens where they're stuck with that contract, that contract set these talks back for years and years to come, whether it's them, whether it's, and then it's going to be a trickle down effect because you have guys like Aaron Donald, you have these dominant defensive players that, that might say I'm as valuable to this team as the quarterback is, or I'm as good. And I have to have been as good. I want they're not going to get the 230 million guarantee, but they're going to want every single dollar guaranteed. And this like, like it's, it's, it's trouble across the board. And, and the thing about it is, is it's interesting to see how some of these deals play out. But like I jokingly said about the Lamar and Flacco thing, the Flacco thing, like they didn't want to pay him as much. And then of course he went to, went to the Super Bowl, won a Super Bowl. And then they ended up having to overpay him. Joe Flacco is not that great of a quarterback. He, you know, he had a good couple of playoff runs here and there. He was a good serviceable quarterback, but he wasn't worth what they ended up having to pay him, right? Because of that Super Bowl run. And then of course we saw what happened after that, of course, with Lamar coming in, et cetera, et cetera. So they're going to have to pay him period. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, just go ahead and get that deal. Uh, I know that you're, I'm, I agree with you. They're what they're somebody's waiting for the, 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 you know, somebody else to pay somebody to really kind of set the market, but it's crazy because even with Wilson, Wilson's not even, I personally feel like Wilson's in the same ballpark as a Murray and Lamar, because you have a younger set of quarterbacks here that are trying to like Wilson's been paid, right? 
Wilson's trying to get another payday, which is nothing wrong with that because he should, you know, it's, he's trying to reshuffle the market, et cetera, et cetera. But like these guys are coming up on their first contract, their first big contracts. And, and it's going to be interesting to see how that unfolds. It's also, I mean, by the time Wilson hit his first big contract, he had won a Super Bowl and been yep. too. And that, I think that's where we're also seeing some struggle. And to me, even if you set aside all the off-field questions, I was flummoxed that Watson got that contract because while he's been a decent player, the Texans never achieved anything when he was on the field. They never escaped the second round. But you could say the same thing about Lamar. Kyler Murray, half the time the Falcons have flamed out before they've even gotten to the playoffs. And I think that's where they're those guys are good to a level that you might struggle to find a replacement, but also are you paying them Aaron Rodgers money? Aaron Rodgers is a perennial contender. He's won a Super Bowl. Tom Brady's won a million Super Bowls. Doesn't even ask for that kind of money. Russell Wilson's been to Super Bowls. Matthew Stafford went and won a Super Bowl. Prove, but so do these guys prove that they're worth it? I it's yeah. it's a tough situation and it's only getting tougher because. A couple of months ago, people were talking about the class of 23 quarterbacks being great, but now they're starting to talk about there's one or two guys that might be good. We just came off the 2021 class where it was supposed to be five can't-miss prospects, and one of them made the playoffs. Yeah, I uh, I just slightly disagree with you when it comes to Watson. I think Watson's one of the best quarterbacks in football when he's playing. I do think that he took a Texans team that was below average and did things with them that he probably could shouldn't like not every quarterback could, but, um, but the other flip side of that is you gave $230 million to a man that didn't play a snap for a whole entire season. And um, God knows, I'm not saying you never know what that does to a player. Um, not taking hits. And of course, it's a good season of not taking hits, but has he stayed in shape? Did he stay in shape? Like those type of variables come into play as well. But it's going to be interesting to see. I'm, I'm very intrigued to see how all of the quarterback situations play out. And nothing would make me happier than watching the Browns have to pay Deshaun Watson $230 million because it, it, one of the worst deals in NFL history. Um, all right. So transitioning over to and you know what and it's just one of the worst deals because of what they did too like that first year only one million dollar contract thing they knew what they were doing there um i'm 50 50 if watson ever plays another down in the nfl again um i really am i and that's the down in the nfl not for the browns i'm talking about in the nfl folks because it's going to be one of those things to watch unfold but we're going to transition over to our power rankings last week we touched on 16 through 9 that was fun in the nfc now we're going to talk about the cream of the crop we've got our seven playoff spots not really this is not our predictions but you have seven playoff spots and then we're going to have that eight seed um, last week, we talked about our eight and nines and even the tens that we felt like there could have been on the cusp of this um, top eight, but they're just on the outside looking in. And then, of course, we talked about how like our 12 through 16 were just the abysmal part of the NFC. Um, I'm interested to see where we are on these. I think we're going to be close-ish. Um, I think our top three or four are going to be similar. This five through eight, I'm interested. So hit me with your eight, seven, six, and five. Yeah, so when you talk about cream of the crop, that all being relative, being the NFC, if we were talking about true cream of the crop, there's, in my mind, there's two great teams in the NFC, and there's two or three okay teams, and then there's a lot of question marks. And so eight, seven, six, are, and five actually are 
pretty big question marks to me, if we're being honest. My number eight is the New Orleans Saints. They're um, they're a scrappy team. I don't think the moves getting Winston was too bad. They've upgraded a few passing game weapons. Big question about Kamara, who has his own legal issues that will come before a judge August 1st. Um, you know, if he's there, I think given the state of the NFC, they're good enough to push for a wild card. If he's out, you may have to look, you know, they're a volatile team that could could vault down, you know, in order they do have at least a better quarterback situation. If Winston goes out this year, it's not Ian Book making a start. It's Andy Dalton, which you may laugh, but Andy Dalton, at least a professional quarterback who's been to the playoffs in recent years. Seven for me is the Eagles. Uh, they've gone all in to try to support Jalen Hurts. Will it work? I guess we'll find out. I still think they have some good talent. I don't always know what their plan or their goal is on offense. Uh, I, I suspect they don't always know. Uh, number six is the Arizona Cardinals. I fully expect them to be near first place after six weeks and barely struggling to make the playoffs at the end of the season because Cliff Kingsbury um, really is all about September and October. We should start calling him Mr. September. Um, that's that's when his teams peak in September, and they tend to be look a little peaked uh, when you get to Thanksgiving. I don't know that that gets better. Arizona does have some questions. D-Hop being suspended for six games um, is not incredible. Number five, this hurts every fiber of my being, is the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, if we were going purely based on talent, they probably should have been in the playoffs last year. Um, they had a horrendous energy under Mike Zimmer. They might have a middling energy under Kevin O'Connell. Um, this is really a reflection of the NFC. I think there is a serious chance that they could win the NFC North. Um, just because the Packers have taken some personnel hits and you can only sustain for so long. And at one point in time, the talent on your roster has to get you somewhere. And the Vikings have an incredibly talented off. I mean, if you just looked at their lineup, with Cousins, who is a beyond serviceable, all jokes aside, is a beyond serviceable professional quarterback. Then you have Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, KJ Osborne, not a bad top three, Irv Smith, an emerging tight end. Dalvin Cook, when he's on the field, is one of the most dynamic running backs. They should be able to pull themselves to 10 or 11 wins. And I think in the NFC, that's probably a division winner or high wild card. What's funny is if you look at the NFC, Kirk Cousins is probably a top five quarterback. And yeah. it's again, it's nothing against Kirk Cousins because he is a serviceable quarterback. It's just I just don't think me. he's particularly clutch. I think he's always yeah, been exactly. a, he's a regular uh, season quarterback. He's a rich teams. man's Jared Goff. Yeah. Um, our rankings are eerily similar, I think. Um, my eight is the 49ers. We talked about this last week. You had them at nine, and I had the Saints at uh the Saints at nine. Um I'm I'm more cautiously optimistic about Trey Lance in this offense. I know, in my opinion, I feel like he's the perfect fit for what Shanahan wants to do. I, the thing is, is can he do it, right? You know, that's, that's, I know that's your biggest question. I know you're not, I was not a Lance guy coming out of college either. So it's, it's, it's crazy that I'm on the borderline fence of defending Lance because it's weird but I just love the pick so much because what Shanahan has always wanted to do with his offense is everything Trey Lance can do. He's got a nice long ball. He can move on his legs. Um, his accuracy is not always the greatest, but, you know, neither was Jimmy G. But Jimmy G also, you know, they relied on him to throw 10 yards and under, and he did it very well. So um, 
With that being said, number seven, I actually had this, the Vikings at seven. I, I was back and forth on this one. Because um, I, I seven is the Vikings, six is the Eagles, five is the Cardinals. If you could switch all three of those around, to be honest with you, the Eagles have one of the most talented offenses in the NFC outside of their quarterback position. It's, it's nothing against Jalen Hurts. I know everybody thinks that I hate Jalen Hurts, but I just don't think that he's the guy. I feel like everything that Deshaun Watson is, the football player Deshaun Watson is, they wish Jalen Hurts was. Um, he's obviously a lot faster than Deshaun Watson is too, but that's aside the point. But um, this is a make or break year for Deshaun, or for Deshaun, Deshaun Jalen Hurts. Because if Jalen Hurts is unable to prove, prove that he can be the starting quarterback, if this team, in my opinion, if this team is not competing for the division, if they just have a middling nine and eight season, they go to the playoffs, they lose in the playoffs. I believe that this team will be turned over to a new quarterback next year. They have the draft capital in order to make it happen, whether that is they're trading for a quarterback, whether that's they're trading up in the draft. This team is built to win football games, and I think they're built to win football games now. There's no reason why with the talent they have, they should not be competing with the Dallas Cowboys. The Dallas Cowboys, I believe, aren't as good as they were a year ago. And that, and, and if that's the instance, I feel like this team should be on the cusp of a division title. It's just going to be coming down to that quarterback play. They have questions on defense for me as well, but I like this Eagles offense. They have the weapons, Devontae Smith and AJ Brown. That's one of the more dynamic pairings in all of football. They're not, I'm not saying they're the best duo or, or one of the best duos. I'm just talking about in a football sense, that's a dynamic duo. You've got the speeder, speedster, you've got a possession receiver that can also, you know, take the, take the dome off the field. And then you throw in Dallas Goddard, who I think is one of the better tight ends in football you're talking about here. You're talking about three capable weapons. I like Miles Sanders. I don't think he's one of the best quarter running backs in football, but he's a serviceable running back that can get the job done. And the Eagles have always been at depth at the, wide, at the running back position that I feel like any of those guys can kind of come in and do what they need to do because they have a decent offensive line, a strong offensive line in some instances. It's, it's, it's weak, I think, in the guard position there. But the Eagles are strong on paper. It's just what can Jalen Hurts go over the hump? Can he make this team a winnable? Because there's weeks where Jalen Hurts looks like a good NFL quarterback. And then there's weeks you're reminded – why there is so many question marks around what Jalen Hurts is. So it's interesting for me. It's interesting having them at six because in some aspects it shows to me how weak the NFC is, but at the same time, it kind of shows you this team has talent. Like it, it should be a playoff team. Like we shouldn't even be questioning whether the Eagles should be a playoff team. We should be, how far can this team go? But we're not saying that because we have a lot of question marks at the number one position, right? If, if you have, you could take, if you have Jameis Winston or not, if you have any other quarterback in the NFC, like on this team, it's, it's, it's Dak Prescott is on the Eagles. I'm sorry that I think the Eagles weapons depth wise is better than what the Cowboys represent. I, it's, it might be par for the course, but they have, if you put Dak Prescott on the Eagles, I think this team wins 11 or 12 teams. If you put Stafford, you put, uh, you put Brady, you put uh, Aaron Rodgers, you put any of these guys. If you put Kirk Cousins, I'm sorry, if you put Kirk Cousins on this team, you have a, a, a 11, 12 win team, 100%. And don't get me wrong, Jalen Hurts could prove us wrong and this team could win 10, 11, 12 games. And we will both say, you know what? We were wrong because that's what we could do on the, this is what we do on the show. 
but we have to see it to prove it. You know what I mean? Because once the Eagles made the playoffs this year, you saw what they did. You know what I mean? Like it, it they, they buckled under the pressure. They're still a young team. But- Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. But uh, it's going to be interesting to see. And Cardinals, I agree with you. I, I didn't really know where to put this team. They're, they're, the thing about it is they're, they're an 8, 9, 10-win team. And, and I think that's by default because, honestly, if the 49ers weren't in the transition year and the Seahawks didn't do what they just did, the Cardinals could, are, are probably easily an 8, 9-win team because of that. You know what I'm saying? Like, if the 49ers and Lance do anything at all, the Cardinals might miss the playoffs. Like, it, it's just – Maybe not much plus because this entire conference sucks, but they're not going to. They might not be as high as one would think because I think Fox agrees here. They they could be a high end wild card team. I don't think there's no way they win a division at all. Um, but the Rams are just built differently. Um, I'm going to go with my four through one, and then I'll let you hit your four through one. Uh, I got the Cowboys at four. Look, I I got Cowboys at four, Packers at three. I don't know. It, to me, it's about the quarterback position, period. It's weird because we both think the Packers are going to take a massive step back, but they're both – the Packers are just in – they're just up, up, up there. It's Aaron Rodgers. You know what I mean? Like, you know, it's the quarterback position, period. It's what it is for the Packers at three, Bucks at two, Rams at one. I think one and two – um, our top, it wouldn't surprise me if we're talking Bucks, Rams, AFC, NFC title game. Um, it also wouldn't surprise me if we see a surprisingly team face one of these two teams in the NFC title game. It's like a 49ers run, like we saw a year ago, because somebody knocked off one of these two good teams. But um, it's really Rams, Packers, or I'm sorry, Rams, Bucks, and then the rest, as far as it comes dominance, they're in a tier of their own. And then that, to me, honestly, three through seven, Packers, Cowboys, Cardinals, Eagles, Vikings, that they could all flip flop in that three through seven range. And I wouldn't really care. And I think that you have the same three through seven there as well. So it's like you could switch interchange most of these teams and I wouldn't even be mad about it. You know, what do you got, Fox? So my number four is the Packers. Um, You know, I like Aaron Rodgers, but I just feel like I don't know what they're doing um to surround him uh, they have a really good defense but um a couple of those games could have gone either way i i think losing Devonte adams is kind of a blow uh three for me is the dallas cowboys um i still like their offensive structure i think moving on from amari cooper may unleash the full potential of cd lamb i like Gallup there um, i thought james washington was a decent signing i think um, you know, they're going to get Zeke and Pollard involved. Dalton Schultz really came on last year. This gives him more of a chance to shine. I like what they've been doing on their defense, building some pieces, building some toughness and intensity. Probably the best thing to happen to the Cowboys was that uh, Dan Quinn didn't find a more appealing head coaching job. So he stayed there because I loved the energy and intensity he brought to that defense. I think that gives them a good chance. Number two is Tampa Bay. Um, 
you know, they're only a year removed from winning the Super Bowl. They still have a loaded team. I do wonder a little bit what the coaching shift is going to do. They're also getting older. Um, we saw last year. Brady has probably, to slow down at some point, right? <laughs> well, not not necessarily just him. They're more susceptible to injuries. You know, I think you're yeah, seeing Mike sure. Evans get older. Godwin, we don't know if he's going to be back at the beginning of the season. I liked Russell Gage signing, but he's he's not what Antonio Brown once was. So you have to moderate expectations. I like Fournette. Behind him are some massive question marks. You know, if Fournette was to get injured, you have Rashad White, Gio Bernard, and Keyshawn Vaughn. I don't mind the talent, but I don't know exactly what you're getting out of that. They have had to let some pieces go. And then number one is the Rams. I mean, they're the reigning Super Bowl champions. Apparently, the salary cap does not exist for them. Uh, they just keep piling on talent. I would argue that getting Allen Robinson to go across from Cooper Cup is probably an even better situation than what they had with Woods or OBJ. And it sounds like OBJ is still thinking about coming back on a low uh, money deal because he probably won't be available till midseason. I'll be curious to see if they can get a full year of Cam Akers and Darrell Henderson, what the rotation in the running game is, because that was probably an area of weakness for them last year that maybe isn't anymore. And the NFC is not good, but really for me, it's the Rams and Buccaneers and then a bigger tier break. And you're right, probably, I mean, I almost say the outcome for my teams three through nine, no outcome would surprise me. I mean, yeah. as much as I love the Dallas Cowboys, they're one mental breakdown away from being seven and 10. We've seen it time and again. Yeah, it's, it's crazy to me. So my question to you is this, and, and before we move on to the movie corner here, I want you to take a team that's in your in your nine or your eight. Now nah, I want you to go deeper. I want you to go down. I want you to dig deep for this one. Um, nobody really kind of expected the Eagles to kind of be in the playoffs last year, right? You know what I mean? And the four, yeah. and nobody expected the 49ers to make a deep run. Which one of these teams in your 10 through 16 do you think could make that run? I think I know we're going to go with this, but. My, and I'm not saying like I'm not talking deep playoff run. I'm talking about make the playoffs, maybe win a game. Uh, if it's ten and below for me, it's Detroit because I think Detroit is the potential team that was a top five pick that could end up in the playoffs. You usually have one. Um, I my first pass of the playoffs, I didn't have them in, but I have them pretty close. I had them finishing nine and eight uh, when I just ran my season simulation. You get one more lucky bounce. I think 10 wins, you're in the playoffs in the NFC. Nine wins, you could end up in the playoffs. Uh, and I think they, you know, Jared Goff is a guy that we've seen. If you surround him with a decent cast and keep him upright, he can get you to a Super Bowl. He did for the Rams. He may not be able to, to win that Super Bowl. He may not be the dynamic it factor. I like what they've done on defense, and I love their coach and the intensity he brings. So Detroit is probably my team in the bottom tier that could surprise. I think Washington's mine. Um they just, it, you're talking about a weak conference. I, I'm not sitting here saying they're going to make a Super Bowl run, but this defense is a year removed from being really good. I don't know what happened from that year to year, but um, I think if Wentz can just be serviceable, they do have weapons on that team that they are pretty good. Uh, they've got some good running backs. And um, if they could take the pressure off Wentz, if they can utilize Wentz for what he's good at, um, Wentz doesn't turn over the football a whole lot throwing the ball. He does fumble way too much. 
Um, but um, I think Washington might be my team. I didn't want to go the Lions too, because I think the Lions could be that team, but I don't want to go the same yeah. team as you. But um, with that being said, next week we'll be back. We'll be discussing our AFC power rankings. That should be a lot of fun. Um, 16, Actually, I think we're mock drafting. Oh, we are supposed to be mock drafting. I lied. Next week we will be hosting a mock draft with some of our team here and maybe i'm going to see if i can get us a couple other people on the show we're just going to do like a couple round uh mock draft it'll be just to kind of see where everybody's heads at as we head into the nfl season it'll be our first pass at this um, we'll probably host a couple more leading up to the season we'll do redraft just for the the redraft fans of the world out there um and then maybe we'll do a dynasty one here in the near future as well with the rookies being thrown in there but um yeah with that being said we're going to go ahead and transition to the movie corner um we're going to run through these real quick uh it's a that's it it's a semi-busy semi-not busy week um jurassic world does hit theaters jurassic world dominion hit theaters uh, i saw it i hated it uh, matthew fox saw it he liked it um not really surprised uh there on either one of us liking or loving it um also very just disappointed in matthew fox but it's okay i disappoint him regularly as well hustle hit netflix um nothing groundbreaking but a very 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 good film to watch easy watch fun watch a little heartfelt um it, it was a lot better than i expected uh if anybody knows adam sandler adam sandler is a basketball guy he loves basketball and you could really kind of see that you have the Jane's uh, documentary, uh, very timely or no, that's not a documentary. It's a documentary. Yeah, it's a yeah, documentary. documentary. Very timely yeah, documentary. Yeah, very timely documentary at that um, on HBO Max, I believe. Miss um, Marvel dropped on Disney Plus. I liked it. Fox did not like it. Um, and I did. I gave it three and a half. I thought you said it sucked. You didn't read all of the message. Oh, I thought you said you sucked. I must have I must have missed the whole part where you said it was good. I thought you just were making fun of me because I really liked it. Um, and then First Kill's new series dropped on Netflix. I'm sure that'll probably appear in Matthew Fox's TV roundup next week, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what else? Is anything else coming out this week? Is that it? No, I think that's pretty much it. I, I did see, I saw Hustle. I gave it three and a half. I think it was pretty close um, to you. I, I thought Sandler did a good job. That movie is radically different than the description they gave, which is like some washed up scout. And I was thinking it was going to be a comedy until I started watching it. And I'm like, okay, Netflix, learn to, to learn to market your movies better. Exactly. Um, um, yeah, but next week. I liked Miss Marvel pretty good. The, oh. the pilot, I think, is a little bit slow. I made jokes about... I couldn't believe you liked it that much since most of it is about uh, Captain Marvel oh, worship. Yeah, and I yeah. know how you feel about that movie. I Oof. it was a little slow. I like the girl in the main role. I've only seen the first one. I think you had seen more than that. That's right. I've seen the first two. The second one, I do like the second episode a lot better than the first episode, which was incredible. I do like the actress. I think she's incredible. Yeah. I think that she's a star. Um, I compared in my review, I compared the introduction to her to the same introduction as Tom Holland in, in mm-hmm. um, Civil War, I think it was Civil War, yeah. um, where Tom, if you watch that movie, he was very much a fanboy. Like he's in the middle of battling some of his own heroes, still young, wet behind the ears, still learning how to be Spider-Man. I really enjoyed that. And I kind of like that. I'm not saying they're the same, but I feel like the introduction there has been very nice. And it's also very much different and a breath of fresh air. I think it's very unique and different from everything else that we've seen from these Marvel series so far. My only concern so. is you can't really judge a Marvel series based on one or two oh, episodes God, no. because, you know, cause like, so let's go back. 
to the one that preceded this. I think that's what you got confused about. I told you Moonlight was actually the only one that I thought was a, a flame out. But after a couple of episodes, I thought it was fascinating and I liked Oscar Isaac in the part. It's just, it never developed into anything. And that's where I've gotten worried about a few of these Marvel series. They're all well-made. They have good craft. They usually have good acting. And the first two or so, you're usually getting into it and you're willing to give it a little latitude. It's what can they do after that? So that's what I want to see with Miss Marvel. There is a larger plan here, which I think might help because I don't know if you watched the short about the history of the character and the girl that's playing it and what it's bridging into. But this is supposed to lead directly into Captain Marvel 2, the Marvel's yeah. Um, oh, yeah. cinematic film. So I'm kind of excited about that. It feels like it's part of a larger plan. The series that they've had that have done well, I think, have built towards something bigger. Yeah, I agree. And I think I think it's this opportunity. Like I said, I've seen the first two. I really enjoyed it. Um, Obi-Wan is obviously continuing. Did you watch this week's episode? I did indeed. I, I liked the action. Yeah. Um, but there's another was, one. I'm curious where they're going. They only have two more left, and I don't know what point we're arriving at. Yeah, so I really loved their episode three. I thought episode three was brilliant. This was a step down, but I didn't think that it really could fill the shoes of three because it was our first battle between Obi-Wan and, and, and Vader and stuff like that. And I yeah. agree with you that it's like, because this is not supposed to be a part of any real universe of Star Wars. Like it's just supposed to be a well, serious type of thing. And that's where it's kind of like- the like that's where you're like where's the end goal like and i do agree with you in some aspects of like you know what these characters what like kind of what happens to these characters kind of already too so that kind of takes away a little bit of the series but i don't know i'm interested to see where it goes i'm i've been liking it it's been a good series um but i agree with you the hard thing as i said before is a little bit of the stakes like even at the end yeah. of this week's episode you're supposed to believe there's a chance obi-wan and leia are going to get blown up and it's like no i've seen a new hope um i've seen yeah. the empire strikes back um i will say this though i i will say this show has reminded me why i used to love star wars as much as mm -hmm. i did these characters are amazing um ewan mcgregor is incredible i've really enjoyed him returning um i also like the there's been a lot of people complaining about that more personal aspect of his character and i really like the banter between him and leia i really feel like it's kind of humanized him in some aspects um but i just the little girl that plays leia is so good she is so good i just love her i don't know why you'd complain about the banter though because that was a big hallmark of his character particularly in attack of the clones and revenge of the sith i mean think about that uh, revenge of the sith opens with a pretty serious starfighter battle and half of it is him and anakin cutting it up between themselves in the cockpit i mean banter and all well, that you have people is... you know you have those people in the world that are are review bombing that the review bombing the boys the review bombing miss marvel it's like get a life guys um uh, with that like being you, said review bombing dominion so let's go oh, back to dominion for uh, a minute. speaking of speaking of people bashing things uh, i just so, want to bring up uh, I want to bring up my good friends that have uh, across the globe of Bill Burr. Thank you. I love all of you guys. You guys have been very sweet to me this week. Um, real quick story for those of you that are still listening. Uh, this past week, I reviewed Bill Burr's latest special, uh, Bill Burr, uh, Friends Who Kill. 
Um, the only thing I wanted to kill was myself at the end of it. But the funny thing is, is I really, it was basically Bill Burr came out, did a bit, and then he introduced a bunch of his friends. It was for the Netflix is a joke festival. I watched it and I reviewed it. And I mean, anybody knows by now I review exactly how I feel. And um, that means whenever I, it, Fox is the same way. So when you know we like something, we like something. And when we know we hated it, we let you know we hated it. So there's no really in between of like, some people might review things with other aspirations in mind. We just review what we saw and we move on with our lives. And apparently, um, you know, you're not allowed to not like stand up specials um, because this one was abysmal. And there's one guy in particular. Um, there's been a pl plenty of comments. All you have to do is go to Ready, Steady, Cut and look at the Bill Burr thing. Go look at the comments. I'd say it's probably like 80, 20, 80 bashing me. Um, and then 20% actually agreeing that the stand up special was awful um but there was one guy in particular that searched instagram just to find me just to let me know that um i am the reason why audience audiences didn't laugh at the hilarious content this guy is also not a troll um and he's also a concerned citizen of the united states and represents all that is comedy and to kindly fuck myself um, it's hilarious because the comments have been like, it's incredible. Like, um, the reviews of the review are awesome. I agree that this person should be reviewing cars, adult diapers, and pepper mills. That's actually pretty fun. I laughed at that one. That was actually pretty good. Um, let's see what else we have here. The review was unfunny waste of time. One star. Thank you for your review of my review. Must be a woke C word who authored this crap. Um, so it's been, um, it's been quite a week that I've really loved. Um, nothing better than some good friends that I've made in this space. Um, but if you want to check out the review, a lot of Eagles fans out there. Um, it's 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 hilarious. So um, if you want to read my, um, all I did was just say it was not funny, which it wasn't. So if you want to read some more of that work, go over to Ready Study Cut and check it out. But uh, before we go, we're going to do a quick. Um, Jurassic World or Jurassic Park rankings of all the films. Fox, go ahead and go land yours first, please. Okay, so six for me is Jurassic Park 3, which is a mistake. Uh, number five for me is uh, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Um, the middle part, uh, they almost tried to copy the Lost Worlds plot, but didn't do it quite as well. Um, it's not horrendous but it's not not great uh number four for me is uh the lost world jurassic park number three for me is jurassic world dominion uh number two jurassic world and number one jurassic park so let me prefix by saying this that for me personally um i think that the first movie obviously is a brilliant it's one of the best um one of the best movies of this style ever made and to be honest with you i wrote this in my review of dominion i think back now about how i wish that this franchise would have just been left alone after this one because i think we look back on this film a little bit differently if just the one was made and no other movies were made i just feel like you look at it it'll always be looked at as a great movie and some people think that it's a masterpiece and i don't disagree with the people that agree with that it's one of those movies I wish I could go back to 93 and watch it for the first time in theaters. I thought that was cool. I have seen it in theaters. I saw it in IMAX when they re-released it, but I still think I would like to go back 
in 93 and watch it because it was a spectacle of its time. Um, and I really liked Jurassic World. Um, I thought it was really a breath of fresh air. I thought it was good. I think the rest of the movies just are not that good. Um, Jurassic World Dominion, I don't even really care to rank the rest of these movies. I think they all suck. They're all like just whatever to me. Hang on one second. Let me, I'm trying to go find my, why did I rate Fallen Kingdom? I gave Fallen Kingdom three stars. So we're going to put Fallen Kingdom at number three. We're going to put um, Jurassic, The Lost World at number four. We're going to put Dominion at five. And then of course, Jurassic Park three at six is how we're going to do this just because I said I would do those rankings. Um, yeah. So I, I mean, I get some of what you may not have liked about Dominion. I will say, uh, that's why I asked you if you'd read the book. Um, I don't read. I was a 12-year-old full of wonder 19 years ago when I saw Jurassic Park when it opened in theaters. And it led me to want to get the book. The movie is brilliant and is still an all-time favorite. The book is decidedly structured quite a bit differently. And this is a trait for Steven Spielberg. If you watch Jaws, another one of my all-time favorite movies, and actually read the book of Jaws, you would find something that's a little bit tonally different. And I do wonder if that I enjoyed the nostalgia pieces of Dominion, but I also enjoyed the what has long uh, moved me about the Jurassic franchise is not the giant CGI dinosaurs um, or even the characters who I enjoy, but it's the ideology. Uh, Michael Crichton wrote was a medical doctor, and most of his novels were about being on the forefront of science and technology, but from a more cautious perspective of what happens when humans attempt to play God and think that they can control everything. And they can't. When, you're, when your reach outextends your grasp. And there are pieces of that that are very resonant in bringing this story to a conclusion and finally realizing that they opened a power they didn't understand and couldn't couldn't grapple with and that's the in the original Jurassic Park a lot of the commentary that Malcolm and Sattler and Grant give to John Hammond is you don't know what you're doing you don't know what you've opened you'll never have control and if you read the book there are a lot of pieces um there the actual Chris Pratt's character from Jurassic World reminds me of Probably the best character for me in the book was Muldoon, the tracker who worked with the Raptors. They killed that character in the movie Jurassic Park in a semi-unforgivable way. Um, and I think in a lot of ways, there's pieces of that Jurassic World franchise that it just worked for me on a, on a different level. I was moved by the the parent aspect, not only the parent aspects of the characters, but um, of the creatures. And I don't know. I was also on muscle relaxers, so who knows? <laughs> I still think the movie is Stephen Paul is shit. But um, all right. So with that being said, I love Matthew. Somebody Fox. may have put it in their top ten already. Um, that doesn't, I know they did. I watched, that's what I, I literally Googled that and I was very disappointed. So, 
Um, with that being said, make sure to head on over to the musiccitydrivein.com to check out our latest uh, conversations around the dancing with dances with film festival. Fox and I have a lot of content. Um, we have a few other writers that have joined and did some interviews for us as well. Um, a lot going on with that festival. Um, check out danceswithfilms.com. Um, yeah, and that's it. Until next time, we'll talk to you guys next week. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.